Hi, I'm Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Deborah McNellis, educator, author, and founder of Brain Insights, a company dedicated to the creation of awareness and understanding of early brain development. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, it's such a pleasure connecting with you in this way. Thank you so much for being here and and for the interesting work you're about to tell us about. Um, You and I both have a background in early childhood education, and I would like to know how you got involved in the brain development side of it um, rather than the sandbox side of it. (laughs) Okay. I love to tell that story. Um, There's a bit of a background even why I went into early childhood education in the first place. And that was um, I was trying to decide what major to go into. And uh, I was sitting with my family watching a children's choir and having these thoughts go through my head of what I want to do, what do I want to go into as a freshman in college. And I was watching those children, and the thought came to me, you know what, all of the the parent, all of those children's parents don't know all they could know to help those kids become all they have the potential to become. Oh. And it was in that moment I thought, I'm going to try to learn all I can to help those kids become all they could become. But so then I I got my degree and uh, started teaching kindergarten. And it was during that time that I I went back to that thought again. And I thought, well, no matter how good a job I do with the kids, if we could, the parents and I could be working together in supporting the development of these children, that would be all the best, the best, the best solution for them. So, um... I started promoting parents getting involved in their children's education at now, that time. I want to start. I want to stop you right there because it seems to me that the idea of getting parents involved in children's education is not something that would be a hard sell, not in the 21st century. But you and I go back a while, and That's so right. we are. Now talking 20, 30, 30 years, years ago. Thirty years ago, exactly. And, and, and you're saying that. Parents of kindergarten kids were not involved in their own children's education. No, it was very different then. It was I, I tease about how um, at that time it was there was one room mother and she would send the cookies for the Halloween party, and that was parent involvement at that time. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> there was more and more research coming out to say the how much. Uh, advantage there was to parents being involved in their children's education. So I started doing workshops and presentations on that. And uh, then I branched out and I I started a community-based organization called Family Network in the community that I lived in. And uh, then I started, then I coordinated a family literacy program for several years. Uh And it was during that time that the brain research information started coming out. And I got so excited when that came out. I thought, oh, finally, everyone is going to realize how important these early years are. And we have science to show us how critically important that is and what we can do what brains need, what children need in general, and uh, so just just ate up learning everything I could about it. Well, this is fascinating, and I, I certainly remember from my child development classes at, in college that the first five years of a child's life is where 90% of brain development happens, and so obviously you've got this sweet window of opportunity 
to exactly. help your child learn and grow. But, you know, we hear a lot about um, DVDs for babies, uh, specifically baby Einstein, but I'm sure there are a whole host of others where parents are constantly, where while the child is waking, they're waking hours, they are constantly teaching and reinforcing in, in ways that, Frankly, I wonder if the claims exceed the reality of it, where, you know, everything in the house is labeled with something. So <laughs> so your six-month-old begins to read when I certainly remember from child development classes that um, until the child um, gets to that point in brain development where they can translate symbols, i.e. letters, into sounds and words, these squiggles on paper are actually meaningless. So um, I'd, I'd like to know what, in what ways um, your approach to um, helping kids and supporting their natural brain development is different from this, what feels to me as um, overparenting. <laughs> you have brought up so many valuable points and uh, that align with where I'm at. And so your question is beautiful. Uh, so often what I say is that brain development, sometimes Sometimes the term brain development conjures up, oh, we need to understand all the neuroscientific terminology. But what I try to convey through my workshops and presentations and and materials that I provide is that brain development really isn't all that complicated because what a child really needs is to have their physical and safety needs met. That's critically important to the brain. But then beyond that, they need loving interaction and play. That's what's going to help to develop their brain best. They they need their safety and security needs met. Obviously, you cannot learn anything if you're fearful about your survival. Exactly. And the second one is having loving interactions. And the word play is so important to me, um, (laughs) which seems to kind of be missing in some of the the. Baby DVDs. It's like, where's the fun here? Right. So let's talk about a definition of play, if we could. Well, play really is learning. That's how the Ah. brain learns. A child to, okay, so brain development is based on experience. The way the brain learns is through experience and using all the senses and lots of exploration and hands-on, using all the senses and just trial and error and experimentation and movement, lots of movement. And that's what play provides. It's how the brain learns. It's how what children are naturally motivated to do. They're Mm -hmm. doing what their brain needs. Mm -hmm. And if sometimes, if, if... this information isn't fully understood, we get in the way of that. Mm. And so what you're talking about is some of these structured types of things or these DVDs and um, too many apps and screen time and all of that is getting in the way of the child getting to do what their brain really needs. And so it physically grows and develops by connections being made based on those experiences the child is having. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because I know for a fact that any parent who buys one of these, quote, educational apps or toys is, is completely committed to all the good things that we're talking about. And have they been sold a bill of goods? Yes, Exactly. Yes. Um, in fact, 
um, well, there was, there was the Baby Einstein videos, and then there was the uh, Get Your Baby to Read program. You mentioned the squiggles and understanding the, the print and what all that is. Well, um, the, the, both of those products were marketed to say these are good for brain development when they actually are not. So is there so, like an FDA so, approval yeah, so equivalent to trade, That's where I'm getting uh, to. I'm so excited. <laughs> the Federal Trade Commission FTC, okay. shut down the Get Your Baby to Read completely. And Disney bought the Baby Einstein videos, and they are now refunding money back to people that have purchased it because they were making those claims that they were good for brain development, when in actuality they were not. Wow. So I'm so glad to hear that the FTC is now cracking down on products that are quote-unquote educational when they have no basis in fact. Exactly. Really, Isn't really wonderful. Good. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, so yeah, if I'm if I'm a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad, and this is my first child, and I'm really, of course, you know, I am a well educated person. I want my kid to, by the time he or she gets to kindergarten, have a lot of skills under his or her belt. I want to make sure yes. that my child is fully engaged in the world, and that I am doing everything I can to provide the kind of environment that my child needs to grow and excel. But here's the thing. I don't have a lot of time to be sitting and doing the structured stuff, excuse me, which you just said, you know, structured stuff is not where we're at. So how can I as a parent fit what we're talking about, healthy brain development support, into my busy day? Perfect question. (laughs) Wow, am I getting points for these questions? It is... That, that's so ideal because it, 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 learning and brain development is part of everyday life. It's not like we have to set aside this time to make learning happen or make the brain development happen. Um, it's just every experience a child has is, is contributing to creating connections between brain cells, and that's how the brain physically grows. Then, then why do so, I have to do anything so, yeah, as well, a parent? <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to want to do is build in talking to that child. So you mentioned with a new baby. Yeah. All right, you start talking to that baby right away. I mean, it, they can't respond back to you verbally, but they do respond. Are we talking so you, about kitschy, kitschy, cuckoo? Exactly. So you <laughs> look at that baby and you do the, oh, you're so cute. And that baby responds. That baby kicks and smiles and goos and, and then you do more. And it's teaching that exchange and they're watching the position of your mouth and your expression. Uh-huh. They're learning all kinds of things through those interactions. So just talking to your baby is doing it and playing playful games while you're change, changing the diaper. Um, in my brain packets, I do, I have an activity like you kiss my nose and kiss my toes and then do a pattern back and uh-huh. forth. And the baby's learning what to expect next. Oh, they're going to do that. Well, that's making connections in the brain. And guess what? Patterning leads to reading. So everything you're doing and that loving responsiveness to the baby's expressed um, needs. So if they have a uh, need for being fed, a need for being changed, a need for interaction, a need, whatever need they're expressing and you're responding to it, you are critically impacting 
the highest functioning areas of the brain for self-regulation and self executive function and learning and planning and imagination and all the things that you want that child to be able to have skills in for success and well-being later in life. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that this is not a yet another thing for busy parents to put on their plate. This is, in fact, just an awareness of what's going on between your baby's two ears at this <laughs> time in life so that you can, not in an obsessive way, but in a natural way, um, play up the kinds of things that will help your child move in the direction that he or she is already moving in. Exactly. Exactly. You oh, well, it. I feel much better because now <laughs> I don't have something else that I need to right. do. And if I don't do it, me as a new parent is going to start to feel guilty that, oh, I didn't do that interactive exercise with my kid today. Right. Okay. Right. So this it is good. It doesn't need to be structured. And what I say is a lot of, I think what's happened and, and going back to talking about the get your baby to read and the baby Einsteins, mm-hmm. I think what's happened is the more brain development has um become a bit more known, which it's still, it's, it's surprising how few people understand the basics of brain development. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happened is the term brain development has become synonymous with meaning, let's push young children to learn more at yeah. earlier ages. And that's not what it's about. No, it's about it's... providing those rich interactive experiences that I've been mentioning. And I really love that you seem to equate play with learning. Because we know that when we're learning something, nothing is more fun. <laughs> Though, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't preclude the fact that sometimes there's a struggle in learning. Sometimes it, it is hard to master a particular skill or a concept. But the process of it in a, in a supportive environment is fun. It's almost right. as if you're, you're um, feeding something in yourself. If you want to learn this, and what we're talking about in ages one through five are definitely things kids want to learn in the same way that they are wired to learn to walk. Right, and, exactly. And to make sense of the, the verbal cues that they're getting from all the people around them. We want to understand this, and so I'm highly motivated. <laughs> so we want, to, we want to tap into the child's natural motivation to learn. That's right. It's it like you said. It's natural, and walking is that you chose as an example is is a, is a perfect one because um, the, we they just are motivated to learn that skill, and um, we don't have to be pushing them to to learn it. They, okay, it's walking practice now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. And here's the flashcard that says walk. And here's W-A-L-K. Oh, and here it is in Chinese, and here it is in Portuguese. Can you say that? Yeah, we want parents to calm down. We want parents to um, enjoy these early years. And and to um, revel and rejoice in the progress that their children are making, whatever pace that progress is. Yes. Which is another part of it. You know, sometimes if... um, you know, two sisters or a sister and a sister-in-law have babies that are a couple of months apart. Um, there's that comparison thing. Well, my baby is doing this right now. What is your baby doing? Right. My, ba- my baby's tweeting right now. What is your baby doing? <laughs> um, we don't want that because it's not healthy for parents. It's certainly not healthy for kids. It is not. The analogy that I use is how we commonly say what about snowflakes? Every snowflake is it's different and different unique and amazingly and beautiful. beautiful. And exactly. 
It's exactly the same with brains. Every single brain is different. It's developed differently and uniquely and beautifully. I love that, Deborah. (laughs) That's great. Okay, before we wrap up here, if you could give parents just one insight into brain insights that they could start using today with their children, um, what would that be? Um, you, you mentioned it already that it's the enjoyment of the child, enjoying who they are, what they are. And one of the things that I, one of my presentations is called attention, attention. And that our brains can only pay attention to one thing at a time. And sometimes that's surprising to people because we multitask, right? Mm -hmm. But Really, we can do two things at a time, but our brain is only paying attention to one thing at a time. Ah. And so I do an activity around this, but then, and then I, I explain that we can use that to our benefit in helping our children. And so to focus on, focus our attention on the positives about our child. Notice the positive things of who they are, what their skills are. Pay attention to those positive aspects and so instead, like you were uh, do, talking about with the comparisons, don't compare and notice what they aren't doing or the behaviors you don't like that they might be doing. Don't put your attention on those. Put your attention on the positive things that your child is doing and the capabilities that they have and their personality that's emerging. And then use that. And another aspect to that that I tie in is that I am, and people are really surprised when I say this, but I am not an advocate of praise. I'm all about being positive, but I'm not an advocate of praise. What I am instead an advocate for is helping uh, children learn to self-evaluate. Because when we do praise, it's our judgment. We're saying, like, if a child brings a picture to us, what's our natural reaction? Good job. (laughs) Exactly. So we're making the judgment about if this is good or not. Mm -hmm. What's better is if we turn it around and have the child self-evaluate by saying, wow, you look really proud of your picture, then they can decide, yeah, I really am. I didn't know I could draw a tree like that before. Or they might say, well, I know I can do better. So if we just, if we say good job, we're just setting the bar right there. Right, and that they they become dependent on us for praise. Exactly, that's what I was just going to say, is we do not want them to become dependent on on that. So helping them do that self-talk, because that's a whole other part of the brain, that not only the experiences that we're having wire the brain, but what we think wires our brain as well. Okay, so that one tip, actually I heard three tips. One was enjoy your child. Two was um, encourage them to self-evaluate. Well, actually that was number three. And number two was don't do the comparison trip. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the unique beauty of this developing young person who uh, you are privileged to be along on the journey for. That's right. Very, very good. Thank you so much, Deborah. Before we sign off, could you please tell my listeners where they can find out more about you and your work? Certainly. Uh, I have a website at braininsightsonline.com. Braininsightsonline.com. We'll have that link. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. And I just started, I, and I don't know if I've told you about it yet, I just started what I call the Worldwide Brain Team, and that's at braininsightsnow.com. And it's a membership site that people can belong to in making a difference for children worldwide by sharing brain insights through whatever way is comfortable or makes sense for for you to share. So, and it's um, contributing to uh, three international organizations by becoming a member. So. Excellent. We will definitely check that out as well. Thank you once again, Deborah, for your well, time. Thank and you for your... having me. I love sharing this. This is very insightful work, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it certainly brought me a lot of information about it. I have a grandson who's about to be born in June. Congratulations. And thank you. And I'm going to be. Um, sharing this with with new parents of young children um, with a lot of pride in what you've been doing. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you again. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with teens and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And tune in next week for a new podcast. Until then, happy parenting. Mm-hmm.